slumping. Plus, FanDuel TV, Michelle Beadle. Spurs television as well. So she's coming on to pop off about Greg Popovich and his coaching tree, which led to Will Hardy. It's all going down here on the podcast. Round Ball Roundup, utahjazz.com. I'm JP Chunga on the Utah Jazz Podcast Network, presented by First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz, and MLS number 3112, Equal Housing Lender. Four games in a row, two wins in the last eight for Utah. It's been a run, so let's go through the causes that I see because they seem pretty obvious. Over the last two weeks, Jazz defense has been the second worst in the entire league. 27th right now rated, according to Clean the Glass. And that's what happens when you have two weeks in this small of sample size. We're about a quarter of the way in quarter of the way in. And it's borne out what I anticipated coming into the season, which is this team would score, they'd find buckets, they'd have to outscore teams to get wins, and they can't really defend because nobody inspires fear when you're tagging the basket like Rudy did last year. Detroit, that takes the mantle as the worst loss of the year. Because the Pistons are not as talented as the Jazz. They didn't have Cade And they were still going up and down, beating the Jazz in transition, and dictating the terms. Ivy had three drives in the first quarter that he bungled at the rim, but he still was able to get down the court with zero resistance. And that's concerning, because it it bore out the rest of the game where the Jazz couldn't stop Ivy when they put him in high pick and roll. And then... They turn to Boyan down the stretch because he makes smart decisions and Detroit wins the game. So there's no paint protection. And that's why Walker Kessler is so valuable and why everybody's so high on him because he can provide that. But he's still a rookie. I think he was a part of the group that changed the game on Friday against the Warriors, him and Akeel Alexander-Walker, because Golden State came out crazy. They put 37, and then that's something as they've gained their confidence, they've been doing, just putting on teams in the first quarter. Last night, the Warriors put on the Wolves 47 in the first frame. It could have been 50. But they put it on the Jazz in that first quarter. It was Colin Sexton trying to guard Steph. It was Malik Beasley. And they all couldn't do it. So, a change-up of bringing in Nikhil Alexander-Walker, he acquits himself pretty well. And then Walker Kessler comes in the game as well, and he gets a block on Draymond Green in the first couple minutes of being out there on the floor. That's why he's valuable. He can deter from the rim. Because that was a concern earlier this month, was how many pain attacks teams are getting against the Jazz. And they were missing at a pretty big clip. Well, now the debts are starting to collect, and those percentages are ticking up higher. Paint stuff's starting to be concerning, and then rebounding. Will Hardy talked about this in the postgame, last two in the back-to-back. Phoenix, it was fairly evident, because they couldn't grab a defensive board. Aiton had, what, five offensive rebounds in the last three minutes, and yet they were still in the game? which is wild, Jazz should have fouled. It was pretty obvious that they should have, but they miscommunicated, 
not everybody switched on. And that's what rebounding is. If you don't have that one singular talent, that Dennis Rodman meme of him knowing the angles and seeing where the ball is going to land, then every single person needs to be locked in on getting the board. That's something that they haven't had. They haven't all been switched on. And that final possession where they allow Phoenix to dribble out the clock and have that final possession when they should have fouled. Will Hardy said they wanted to get the ball out of Devin Booker's hand to do that. Like they, Not everybody switched on. They have to know and have the presence of mind that the clock's going down, they need time for a possession, and they need to play the foul game. But they didn't, and they lost. But rebounding has been concerning. Aiton looked like a beast in that game. They're 25th in defensive rebounds this season. And then Mike Conley, him being out impacts this team with turnovers, impacts this team with leadership, a steady hand. And if Lowry goes down after he bangs knees with DeAndre Ayton Saturday, they lose a lot of that offensive force because Mike started off so good. Seriously, compared to last season's end, playoffs, which were a struggle for him. He was getting ISOed by Jalen Brunson, put into the torture chamber. He started this season so well. Career high in assists. In the pregame of the Phoenix game this Saturday, they were showing the highlights from the previous Suns game at home, and he was levitating. There was a pass right before the final possession where Mike, no look to Malik Beasley, and Malik missed the shot, but it showed how high Conley was. He was doing a Steph Curry walk-off on a pass to Lowry late in the game. He was awesome against the Suns. That's why it hurt not to have him when they played. Coming into last week, the Jazz's top eight had only missed three games, and that continuity had been huge to them having early success. Well, now they don't have a very key member of that top eight. They might not have another with Lowry. He is the number one option. Those shots will be given to Jordan Clarkson, I'm sure. Malik, Colin. It'll go down the line, but they need that top guy. And Lowry, as everybody knows, has been playing at an all-star level. They will miss him. If he's out. But now they've got six games at home. If this Mike injury lingers, they'll have more time to practice. You'll have more time to get up shots. And look at the first two games. They're very winnable. Chicago's a mess. Zach Levine's putting up some of his worst numbers that he's ever had in his Chicago career. Vooch, Nick Vucevic, their seven-footer. Can't determine if he's an interior player or a perimeter guy. He'll have a game where he'll shoot eight threes, stand outside the three-point line, and others will just plant himself in the paint and look for post-touches. They don't have an identity. And then Wednesday against the Clippers, Paul George isn't making the trip, Luke Kennard isn't making the trip, and Kawhi's status is up in the air. And they'll be on a back-to-back. So just right off the rip, two winnable games. It's going to be crucial to figuring out who this team is without Mike. Stay tuned for the big stretch. Five stars, nice reviews. That's all I ask of you. 
Let others know that you're listening to the podcast. Thankful for you this holiday season. That's what I said when we went around the table to ask who we're thankful for. I said, listeners of Round Ball Roundup, thankful for them. And also my family, I guess, and loved ones. But that's too sentimental. I'm appreciative of you listening to the show. Because you let me talk to cool people like Michelle Beadle, Beads, FanDuel TV. She has a new show out on Mondays, Tuesdays, Wednesdays called Run It Back. It's with Shams, Chandler Parsons, Eddie, KD's guy on the boardroom. Michelle Beadle is the point person, the host, and she works for Spurs Television. If you're perusing League Pass, as I was this weekend to watch the Lakers, you can catch Michelle in a three-man booth. And I'm very appreciative of her using her voice because finally somebody in the national media isn't a Knicks or Lakers fan. She appreciates San Antonio and one of Will Hardy's mentors, Greg Popovich. Popovich coaching tree, that's where we started. So that and national NBA stuff. It's Michelle Beadle on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. When it comes time to move, it's always a hassle. Loading everything in the truck, hoping the priceless antique from your mother doesn't break, and trying to juggle the kids and dog in the middle of it all is enough to drive anyone crazy. But it doesn't have to be that way. The friendly, background-checked movers at Bailey's Moving and Storage have the expertise to move your family across town or even around the world. So when it's time to move, think Bailey's Moving and Storage. Call today at 801-218-2640 or check them out online at baileysallied.com. got the the golden touch with grown well actually i was about to say with grown men coach but also becky hammond so really that doesn't even work he just has the golden touch with people and i guess the ability i don't even know if he goes into a human relationship knowing that that person has the basics and that will become greatness whether it be will hart i mean his tree is ridiculous but he does and he he surrounds himself i think with people that he likes so that always has to be the common denominator. But my goodness, I mean, he could charge for this at this point. Like, come to me. I will make you a great coach <laughs> Like, if he wanted to. But it's, it's fascinating to watch. And they all seem to have the same kind of demeanor. They may not be as uh, grumpy as some people think Pop tends to be, but they certainly have the same sort of chill vibe. And that, that seems to be the thing. Well, if he's not if he's not grumpy, what is he? How would you describe <laughs> Pop to somebody who had never met him, doesn't even know about basketball? What is that's Pop? funny. I, that's the funniest thing because we you know we just had uh, the Lakers were just in town for the weekend, and so a lot of the Lakers guys, a couple national guys, were in town, and you know when I watch them get ready to ask Pop a question, there's just this sort of trepidation and nervousness, and these are vets, you know, these are guys that. These are household names in the basketball world of journalism. And I'll never forget Doris Burke. Like she hated when she used to have to do those interviews, like in the whatever second quarter, hated it. And I get that, but I don't see that version of pop necessarily because I've been around for, you know, 20, whatever years. And I was an intern and, and just, it's a different vibe for me. Um, but I, I still like, if there was anyone that was going to make me nervous to ask anything, it would probably be, 
Greg Popovich. And I could see why people still have that even 20, 30 years in the business. <laughs> like it's just asking a basic question can be terrifying. Well, it <laughs> kind of trickled down to Will. I thought that I, he would have that, that same sort of demeanor of if you ask a, a dumb question or even, you know, sometimes if they're in a bad mood, correct. Uh, okay question, they could still shut it down at any moment. Yeah, that's what's scary is like you think this is a great question I'm about to ask and then, then it gets shut down. You're like, well, now my self-esteem's ruined for at least one week. Uh, yeah, it's I, I, they do not suffer fools lightly. Um, and sometimes their their threshold for what a fool is might be different than what the rest of us think a fool might be. So that that is where I think the nerves come in on the parts of anyone who has to interact. What have you made of Will Hardy getting out of this coaching tree? He had a year in Boston to even further explore himself, his own coaching identity. What have you made of his his first go-round as a head coach here with the Utah Jazz? I mean, I, what could you – what negative could you say, you know? I mean, he's just – I love this – I love this new – I hate to say crop, but this new cycle of young coaches. Um, for a long time, and I think this is true in all sports, we get in these – I think it's a lazy habit of just recycling the same names over and over again. Um, and, you know, it's time to take chances. And I think we've seen that. And I, and I know it's persona non grata at the moment, but with an Ime Odoka who goes in and on his first year, that's a pretty good team that they had going there. So I, I, I love the idea that these young guys are coming in. I think there is a little truth in the idea that younger guys will be able to relate to these young players. And, and I hate to admit it because at 47, I don't want to think that like, I'm not cool anymore, but I'm not cool anymore. And so if I'm not cool anymore, then 60 and 70 and 80 is going to be like, uh. so I, I love that he's gone in there that people have bought in, you know, a team that was according to all the experts going to just come out and tank right off the bat. Um, And you know, who's nobody tell Will Hardy that like, this is his shot. This is his team. This is his name on it. This is his legacy that he's starting to build. So, you know, I, we laugh and joke about tanking as talking heads, but don't tell the teams that because that is not something that they're going to try to do at all. Well, that's not the objective of him every game. He's not trying to lose every game. <laughs> that goes on his record. Right? He'll get fired. Like, that's the thing. He's replaceable. The players necessarily aren't. So, yeah, he's not about losing. He's That's not his plan by any stretch. Plus, you know, you want to be the guy. Like, that's you're the next great coach. Who doesn't want that title? What shades of do you see in Will Hardy of Ooh. Greg Popovich? You know, that's hard to tell because he's he's been a little more. I mean, look, they've had a lot of reason to celebrate. The Jazz have been, they came out on fire and shocked the world. Um, and so there was, it was nice to see the celebratory faces. But on that same note, as a young guy, he wasn't as celebratory as I would think a younger generation person would be. And that, I think, is all pop. Just sort of the, this is our job. This is what we came here to do. Um, let's act like we've been here, even if you haven't, <laughs> which is always my, I think that's the funniest thing we tell people act like you've been there. And they're like, I haven't, yeah, that's fair. So I think his, his calmness. And I think the idea that he's gotten some players that, and you know, marketing being one of them, that maybe his career hasn't gone exactly the path that he thought it would. And that lots of people expected. Uh, and he's, he's turned him into something great, or at least Lori's bought into the fact and he's turned himself into something great and relevant and that has got everybody talking. So there's something to that. They take, they take players that maybe no one else is necessarily giving too much attention to and they 
turn that into something. I mean, I'm not obviously Tim Duncan, Dave Robinson are exceptions, but the rest of that team, who knew? Tony Parker, who knew? <laughs> Come on. <laughs> what is the happiest you've seen Greg Popovich? Oh, my God. You know, it's funny because we're celebrating um, 50 years here with the Spurs, so we've had a lot of, like, cool documentaries they're putting together and we've had a lot of old players come back during games and hang out. And so I've gotten used to seeing the, the footage of the great years. And there's this one shot where he's with Timmy on a beach and I'm assuming it's, it's back home with Duncan and he just looks so peaceful and happy. I mean, who's not happy when they've won a championship, but it was, it was such a great run year in and year out with a group of dudes that he genuinely likes and they still hang out and they still come around and they're all very close. Um, and I think those were probably the happiest times I've ever seen. Although I'll say this, people may not believe me, but I, even last year, there are moments with these aren't, these aren't going to be great teams. Like they're not going to win the championship, but they try their butts off and they're, and they're young and they're hungry. And I've seen him have these moments where he's teaching, like he's out there hands-on with Jeremy Sohan. And, he, and there's something in his face that you're like, he looks like he's having a good time. I mean, you have to think he is or he'd leave. We all know that Pop's going to just leave whenever he feels like it, and that could be any day. Um, and and so far, genuinely looks like he's having fun. So I, I, I've i bought in. I, I don't think he's that good an actor. <laughs> so I think he's working. <laughs> no Oscars for, for no. Pop just yet. <laughs> he's, pretty, uh, he's pretty honest about that stuff, so we'll see. Well, that's why I found it pretty funny. Media Day, he goes out and he says – it's not a, a good financial <laughs> investment to go to Vegas and bet on the Spurs to win a championship. Yeah. It's realistic. Like, look, they're not, and he says this a lot. He's like, my players are not stupid. It's a group of very intelligent young men. They are professionals. I'm not going to blow smoke up their butts. We all know what, what it is. Um, but that doesn't mean uh, that you can't go out there and, and shock people and become a nuisance and sort of maybe be the thing that prevents some of these other teams that are expected to do great. Um, from making it to the top. So yeah, yeah, I think to be honest with you, I've always preferred that kind of human. Like I am not a BS person. And, and I find that when you encounter those types, it's just disingenuine and, and you just tend to not believe anything from there on out. So that's what I'd want. I want a guy who's like, look, we ain't going to win any awards, but we're going to do our damnedest to make a great show. You're like, cool. I'm here. <laughs> Let's do it. Let me tell you about First Colony Mortgage. They've been serving the lending needs of Utah for more than 35 years. As a mortgage banker, First Colony Mortgage offers advantages over other lenders. Not only do they process mortgages, they also underwrite, fund, and close mortgage loans all in-house. Their expert team is ready to help you with your home financing needs. Just check them out. First Colony Mortgage, the official mortgage lender of the Utah Jazz. talking this much jazz on the first couple of weeks of run it back no i love it i i love i this year this year's drunk i mean let's just say that it is so far this season has so much going on um the western conference i don't i mean just shake your shoulder i don't know what the heck's gonna happen there it's between you know the jazz starting out the way they started out sacramento kings is like the another feel-good story of the season so far i, I just hope 
that there's some longevity in these stories. Um, and I know the jazz are on a bit of a, of a downward right now, but you never know. It, the only thing I worry about is like the warriors will wake up and we're seeing that happen slowly. Um, the Lakers, it looks like maybe they're heading in the right direction, but they've also had a pretty easy schedule the last few games. So I just, I love, I love chaos and I always will root for chaos in all of sports and anybody who's not supposed to be there, according to the experts, that's who I'm rooting for every time. And it proves that we know nothing. Now, it's my favorite part. We We're such idiots. Like we, some of, by the way, and I use the collective we, cause you and I are obviously brilliant. Like, <laughs> and like, there's some of us that take ourselves very seriously with things like, you know, prognostications. And I'm like, why you have no idea what's none zero. If we did, we would all be rich. We would gamble and we would never have to work again. So we have no idea what's going to happen. And that's what makes it great. What'd you make of the Lakers having seen them? You know, it's funny because we were at LA last weekend and we saw Anthony Davis up close and personal without LeBron this past weekend here in San Antonio. We saw LeBron Anthony on the, on the bench for the most part. Um, it's great. Well, Anthony Davis, like truth be told, I, I'm not not a fan, obviously. I, I have no bad feelings one way or the other. I've always just sort of been hesitant to buy in 100%, like a lot of people tend to do with him. I think the expectation sometimes is greater than what we've actually gotten out of him. But this version, the version right before he sat, if that dude can stay healthy and do that with LeBron as well on the floor, my goodness, that's the version of Anthony Davis I think we've all been sold on um, and that we've really been waiting for at just – there's no stopping him. And I don't care who your big is on what team. When he's doing what he does, it's so fluid and smooth and good luck. You know, and then we get LeBron this weekend, uh, which was the big, what's he going to look like? He's been out for a minute and fine. <laughs> it looked fine. It's like, oh, okay, that's right. I, to me, the best part of that story is, is, is Russell Westbrook seemingly accepting this off the bench role and, and not just accepting it, but looks like he's thriving in it. Um, I love that. I, I've always liked Russell Westbrook. I've been a fan. I think he really just got screwed last season by the fans and by the media and just scapegoated, obviously. And so I wanted him to figure this out. He may still get traded, but it won't be at his lowest point. Like it would have been last season. Like if he gets traded now, it's, it's a, it's a strategy move and he's going to go somewhere and they'll be excited to have him versus, oh, great, Russell Westbrook's coming. Because that's not the Russell Westbrook we all know. I, I love watching him play. And this version of him is, is fun to watch again. You have to love somebody who cares, who goes right? goes out there and tries every single possession, even that's if it's not working. Yeah, yeah, like, I, I, what's better? The guy that has all the talent in the world, but eh, give or takes it. He's like, ah, whatever, I got other things I could be doing. Or a guy who has all the talent in the world, but also still gives it everything. I I don't know. I mean, we had had a moment this weekend with Zach Collins that was just like full on 100% Russell Westbrook chaos. And that's part of him just always doing it all. And I, I love it. I appreciate it for what it is. I think it's fun to watch, even if it's against my team. <laughs> is that a playoff team, the Lakers? Yeah, you know, it's great. It's so hard to say. I, I've been saying no. Like I, on the record, is saying no. And I, and I stand by that. Um, because that, not to be negative Nancy about it, but Anthony Davis until proven otherwise has a track record of not being available for most of the time or for big chunks of time. And that may still come to fruition and we'll, and we'll have to find out if for some reason, this is the season where he gets it all together and they all kind of figured then. Yeah, I guess they would go to the playoffs, especially where the Western conference is now where it's just, there's not a front runner necessarily. I know Phoenix is good. 
Sacramento's doing what it's doing, but there are a lot of teams in that mix that are going to be playoff bound and somebody's not going to make it. So I'm still going to say Lakers. No, but I, but I also am not stupid. I think that there's a chance chance that they maybe figure some stuff out. We'll see against some of the better teams. The West being so open. That's why at the beginning of the year, I said Denver finals. Why not? You know, like I don't know who's the best team in the West. It doesn't matter who I pick. I'm going to throw out just the nuggets be on the (laughs) front edge of something because they have the MVP. Anybody in the West really, to your point, yeah. like can get out of this conference because nobody has separated themselves. And we've seen Golden State come down to the pack where everybody else is at. Yeah. No, it, that's probably been surreal um, for for them probably more than us. But I, but I also think if there's any team in the league that has enough equity to sort of not have us throw any kind of a panic on it, it's the Warriors. Like, you know, as long as Steph Curry is there um, – at least offensively, like you don't have to worry too much. And I do think that they're going to start turning it around. I believe that that punch was much more long lasting in its effects than they will ever admit, or that they may even ever know. But I I think something happened that day with the chemistry of the team. It had to have, right? I forgot about the punch. Oh, I brought it up now. I haven't. That's how crazy (laughs) this season has been. That, that feels like three lifetimes ago. I don't even remember the punch. It does actually feel like three lifetimes ago, but I, but you know what? I bet it doesn't feel three lifetimes ago to Jordan Poole. I feel like he wakes up every morning and goes, I still can't believe that happened. And you still have to look over at Draymond and be like, do I trust you? Are you going to do it again? Like that's a, that's such a weird thing to have seen. And it could have happened and we never knew about it. But I think us seeing it made it so much worse for everybody involved. Jordan Poole probably especially because there's a humiliation that came with it that's just like not cool. And, you know, these are healthy dudes with very healthy egos. Uh, I don't imagine that went well. <laughs> and leaking it to TMZ, that's the strangest part of it all. How does that get out of your own building? You know, there's a in this in this funny little world of like TV, radio, all of it, podcasting, it's like we don't do this alone, right? Like we're the face and the voice that most people see, but there are a lot of people behind the scenes that are putting it all together and make it happen. And I always felt and heard that if something gets leaked out about you, for example, that's in a bad light, that you are not liked, and that the crew does not like you, that they do not respect you for whatever reason, that maybe you're just a jerk to everybody and this was their one moment to like blast you. And for me, that I, that's how I read it. I was like, there's no other reason for that to get out then somebody's not a big Draymond dude or, or woman like that. That's it. Because otherwise it would never see the light of day. There's no reason for it to. <laughs> and, and because that team's so Draymond dependent, they need his energy. They need yeah. his crazy. His crazy is it's their crazy. crazy. <laughs> like they it's crazy is. <laughs> he played so bad that first game against Boston Ooh. and then he turns it around and then they start winning. It's very Draymond dependent. How good that they come as good as Steph Curry is. No, you're right. And his, not to say mood swings that makes it sound lighter than it probably, but he, he comes and goes like, you don't know which version of Draymond you're getting. And so I think a lot of these things, whether he wants to admit it or not, I know he's tough guy now and the the outside world and the old media and this and that, but it's, it still bothers him. Otherwise he wouldn't address so many things all the time. If it didn't bother you, you wouldn't even know it happened or you'd ignore it. But they, and that's the other thing, Clay Thompson also addressing things. We've never seen him do that. So it's a, it's a different warriors team than I think we're probably used to. Although this weekend we saw a little bit of the arrogant coming back, like that Warriors brand of arrogance uh, slowly but surely. So maybe, you know, maybe they'll figure it out and turn it around too here because it looked better this weekend than it has in the past. 
Jazz definitely saw that arrogant Warriors <laughs> on Friday. So yeah. they, they were part of the little bit of the skid that the Jazz are on. Run It Back, the new yes. show on FanDuel. How are you generating chemistry with people who sometimes you're not in the same studio as? Yeah, I know that that is the hardest. That's the hardest part, but it's also the most normal part of all of what we do now that the COVID thing sort of changed all of this. These are all jobs that we would have all had to move for two, three years ago. Um, not that I'm against that. I'm always up for a good move, but it's uh, it's been fun. Like I, I didn't I did not know Eddie Gonzalez at all. Um, Chandler, I've obviously known as a player over the course of the last several years and Shams, I'm just a consumer of all things Shams. So that was sort of the thing. Shams and I talked a little bit beforehand when they were kind of coming to some de to decisions and, you know, how did he see the show? What did I think like that? It's just, it's such a good way to be able to just talk about basketball again on a, on a almost daily basis, like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday for one hour, we get to talk hoops, um, with three people that are all hoops all the time. And so it's just, it doesn't have to be uber serious. Um, and the chemistry thing I think grows. Like we had, we were lucky enough to get to go to LA a week or two ago to all of us together and be in studio together. And I think that was huge as far as just sort of being around each other, seeing how each other works in person. Um, but yeah, the chemistry it, it's, I'll say this, I've been a part of things where I knew right away, that wasn't going to work. Like the, the chemistry was never going to happen. It didn't matter if we were on the air for 30 more years. And I can tell with this group that I enjoy talking to them. So hopefully the feeling's mutual and um, that will grow as we continue to do the show. What can you tell us about Shams that people don't know? <laughs> I, I wish I could tell you that like he's goofy. And no, he is an old soul. Like at his age, which is so funny for me to say, because he is a legit 20 years younger than I am, basically. Um, I just, I was not so clear about, you know, what I wanted to do and who I was and how I needed to get there. That's the thing. How you get there is the hardest part about any of this. Everyone has dreams, but it's the getting there that's hard. Um, and he's very, like, focused and knows what he wants and what he needs to do. It's remarkable to watch because... You forget sometimes the age, he's in his 20s. You forget, like, I think, yo, you're 50. That's easy. <laughs> Given you're not. And and that's that goes for LA. Like, I wish I could say in person, but he's the crazy, wacky guy. But he's exactly who you think you are. Now, that being said, I haven't had a chance to, like, drink six bottles of wine with Shams and, like, really get to the truth of the story. And when I do, everyone will be the first to know. <laughs> Does he put down the phone for the show? No, absolutely not. No, yeah. No, it's, it's like, sometimes I can, like, I, I think he tries, right? So he'll have it here and he'll put it down. But then every once in a while, it just starts to creep up. I'm like, yep, I see you. <laughs> it's always working. <laughs> you can catch it on FanDuel TV. It's also on YouTube. It is Run It Back, Monday through Wednesday, 10 a.m. Eastern time for the show. Michelle Beadle on Round Ball Roundup on UtahJazz.com. Michelle, thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks for having me.